Well, welcome. It's good to see so many here in the South Hills, and I want to welcome all those joining us online. And right now, all of our campuses join us as well, so welcome all of our campuses. So I'm going to kick off the sermon this weekend with a, a simple question and one word on the screen. So I'm going to put one word on the screen. The online campus is already engaged with us on this. Campuses, you check yourselves as well. We're going to have a little vote here. So when I, when I put this word on the screen, is your immediate reaction positive or negative? The word is jealous. Jealous. Campus pastors, you can check the vote at your campuses here in the South Hills. How many of you, when you first saw that word, you had a positive reaction? Few, few hands going up. How many said negative? Negative. I thought so about, about what we had online. Well, this weekend, as we wrap up the series, No God... Tough questions, real answers. When we looked at the attributes of God, we're going to uh, zero in on this question. Is God really a jealous God? Because we have such a negative outlook on that word. We live in a culture where that word jealous or jealousy is viewed often in a negative manner. We think of the abusive boyfriend who flies off the handle in rage, the disgusting act in, out of rage and jealousy. Or we think of lust, the man who is jealous of his neighbor's wife. Or we think of greed or materialism when one is jealous of their neighbor's possessions, their financial status. And those situations, absolutely, that word jealous is in a negative sense. Scripture says this in James 3, 14 and 16, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul says that this word jealousy is of the flesh, that as fallen human beings, we, we often are geared towards a negative sense of that word as we act out. But actually, jealousy can also be something that is pure and appropriate. For instance, if a wife notices another woman flirting with her husband, jealousy should be the natural response. Only she has the right to flirt with her husband. Only she has the right to his heart. In Scripture, we see being jealous for something that God declares belongs to you is good and appropriate when it's handled in the proper manner. And that stems when we reflect God. You see, God is jealous by nature. And his jealousy is always pure and holy. Unlike us, God's jealousy is not marred by sin. It is his perfect desire for his honor, for his glory, and for you, for his people. Our aim this weekend is to simply know this statement and live it out. Make sure it's the desire of our hearts. Here's, what, here's our aim. Here's our aim. God is jealous for us. 
may we be zealous back to him. That's our aim. So let's pray and ask God to lead us in his word. Father, we thank you for this time each weekend across all our campuses when we can come together to worship you. God, I pray that as we've wrapped up this series, Know God, that as we've looked at your attributes, that they are not just head knowledge, uh, things that we can identify you as, but they have become real in our hearts and cause us to live differently for your son. And that includes this weekend as we look at our God who is jealous for us. Therefore, we ask that the words that come out of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be honoring and pleasing to you, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to start in Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. So in this amazing chapter, uh, God is giving Moses on Mount Sinai the, 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 the centerpiece of the law of God, the Ten Commandments. He gives him uh, the first four, which relate to our vertical, Israel's vertical relationship with God. And then the remaining six is our horizontal relationship with one another. And in verses one through five, as he gives the first two commandments, he brings this jealousy of who he is to light to his people. Look at verses one through five of Exodus chapter 20. And God spoke all these words saying, first, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number two, you shall not make yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. He's covering all realms of creation. You shall not bow down to them or serve them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Later on in Exodus, he would tell Moses in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, he would say, for you shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. As we've seen through this series of attributes, God doesn't just display love. He is love, the foundation of love. God just does not display justice. He is just. That's the foundation. Well, God does not just exude jealousy. He is jealous by nature. His name means jealous. In the Hebrew, it's Elkanah, a jealous God. And God is speaking to his people for making idols and items of worship that were taking the place of him who is the one true object of their worship and service. God will, God will not allow any form of worship that goes from him to another source. And, and he burns with this passion for his people to worship and serve him alone. Deuteronomy 4.24 says, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire. He's a jealous God. As created human beings flawed by sin, the word jealous for us is often negative because we are jealous of or covet something or someone that is not rightly ours. For God, that word jealous is completely different. Everything belongs to him. He's rightful and pure to be the jealous God. What he is jealous of belongs to him, including the worship that belongs to him alone. 
He's the creator and sustainer of all things. I love what the, the old 19th, early 19th century uh, Abraham Kuyper theologian said this. He says, there's not one square inch in the whole domain of human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine, mine. Kuyper's drilling down from Colossians 1.16, where Paul says, for by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and never forget, all things were created for him as the jealous God. When we look at all the attributes, it's always good at the end of a series to remind us where we have traveled the past eight to 10 weeks together. All of these attributes work together, right? And they also point to the fact that God is a jealous God. We started that God is incomprehensible, that our finite human minds cannot fully understand the infinite God. Therefore, God chose to reveal himself to us through his creation, through his son, and through his word. Why is that? Because he's a jealous God. He wants our hearts. Therefore, he has chosen to reveal himself to us. We said that God is self-existent and self-sufficient. This is key when we think about the jealousy of God. God's jealousy is pure because he does not need us. He has no need to desire us, but he has chosen to do so. And he has chosen to desire a personal relationship with you and I. Isaiah 43, seven says, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We look at the fact that God is sovereign and immutable. God is sovereign and in control of his whole creation. Even when we don't see it, scripture says he is. And he's immutable. God never changes. And the unchanging one desires to change us. And his jealousy never changes then. He will always be jealous for our hearts. God is holy and just. God in his perfection hates sin and all of its consequences. And as the perfect God, he cannot be in relationship with sin. Therefore, God is just in his rightful condemnation of sin from the jealousy of his heart. Nahum 1-2, the Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. As we talked about a few weeks ago, God is a God of wrath. And praise God, he's also a God of love, grace, and mercy. The jealous God in his perfect love, grace, and mercy for you and I, he put his wrath on his son, Jesus Christ. As Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, why did God do this? For our sake. God's jealous love for you and I. He made Christ to be sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. Why? Because when we trust in Jesus, we obtain the righteousness of Jesus Christ. God loves you so much 
that he was willing to sacrifice his son to free you from the bondage of sin when you trust in him. The beauty of salvation is, yes, we get the ultimate benefit from going dead in our sin, separated from God, to alive in Christ, eternity with him, secure forever. But all of that, don't forget, brings him honor, brings him glory, brings him the people that he desires as the jealous God. And as we talked about last week, for believers, God is omnipresent in your life. God is so jealous for you that he'll never leave you. For the believer, God is not just fully present around us. The fullness of God is in your life right now by the power of his spirit. Wherever you go, he's already there. Whatever you're thinking right now and battling in your mind, he already knows. He's 100% invested in you because he's jealous for you in the purest sense. Scripture is clear. God is a jealous God. And his jealousy is absolutely pure and holy. For his rightly honor and glory and what brings him glory is when people, when people trust in his son and they go from an enemy of God to a child of God. In church, believers, what brings our jealous God glory is when we abandon all things and follow hard after him. That's the second part of our statement. Is God a jealous God for us? Absolutely. Now, may we be zealous for him. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11 briefly here. I love this second letter of Paul to the church in Corinth. As always, the church was struggling and division was creeping at their door as many false teachers were trying to get into the local church. And Paul is calling out the church to cling to Christ, to keep their devotion to Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I love these two rich, powerful verses about a divine jealousy for God's people. Paul says, starting in verse 2, For I feel a divine jealousy for you, since I betrothed you to one husband, to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Jesus Christ. Paul, metaphorically speaking, views himself as a spiritual father to the believers in Corinth. And when the Corinthians trusted in Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, he says, you became a pure virgin betrothed to your bridegroom, Jesus Christ. In Jewish culture, there were three steps to marriage. There was engagement, the betrothal year, and then marriage. But engagement was typically the parents setting up that these two would be married. The betrothal year was the year that it was stamped official. Husband and wife, they're secure, but the wedding date was not typically until a year later. In that year of commitment, they prepared themselves for marriage. They kept themselves sexually pure. That betrothal period was was pivotal. Paul says, church, when you trusted in Jesus, you became like that pure virgin to Christ. Stamped, it's official. Your union with Christ is official. 
And it will be consummated at your marriage when Christ returns and we go to be with him for eternity. And until that moment, you're called to live purely for him, completely devoted to him, sold out for him until that day that we go to be with him forever. Paul also here goes back to the first idol we see creep up in the heart of man. He says, when you don't do that, put your full devotion to the Lord. It's like Eve when she was tricked by the cunning temptations of Satan. The first idol that we see in Genesis is the idol of self, putting me and my desires before the Lord. When the serpent tempted Eve and then Adam, right? And they, they opened their eyes and thought, well, I could be like God. In that, in that sinful action, that idol of self, they lost their pure devotion to God, their natural inclination to follow him. And the birth of the idols we live today still with, starting with the idol of self, it's all about me, started when man did not respond to our jealous God in the manner that he calls us to do. Now, what's amazing in Scripture is the word jealous and the word zealous actually come from the same Greek root word. I didn't make this phrase because it sounds and rhymes together, although it does, which worked out. But the word zealous or zeal actually comes from the same Greek word of jealous. And it means to, to burn with a passion for someone. It means to, to protect something. It means to have an overwhelming desire for someone or something, so much so that you would defend it and contend for it. For the believer, it's submitting to the Spirit of God in our lives to put the Lord first in every area of our life. The proper response to the jealousy of God is complete devotion, love, and adoration and obedience to his word in response to his love. Titus 2.14, Jesus gave himself up for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify himself a people for, I love this, for his possession were his. Who are what? They are zealous for good works. Our good works do nothing for salvation. Our salvation is by trusting in the work of Jesus Christ. But when that transformation happens, when the believer understands all that God has done for us through Jesus Christ, we respond with zeal, with fervor, with energy, with excitement every day to work unto the Lord. So let's get a little practical this weekend. What are some ways we can respond to the jealousy of God? Well, Scripture shows us this, husband and wives. God is jealous for our marriages. Are we zealous for our spouse? God is jealous for our marriages to reflect the relationship of Jesus Christ and his church. In depth in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul breaks this down. But looking at two verses, verses 22 and 25, wives, submit to your own husbands, adds to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives 
as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. We display our zeal for the Lord in response to his jealousy and his love for us and how we treat our spouse and how we serve them sacrificially, how we put their needs before our own, how we care about their spiritual development, husbands. That scripture says, if you keep reading Ephesians 5, we're called to wash them or bathe them in the word of God. How we're quick to forgive. And the divorce rate in the church should not mirror the divorce rate outside of the church. Does God have your marriage right now? He's jealous for it. He desires it. Does he have it? And for singles, teenagers, young adults, adults, are you pure right now before the Lord? Are you protecting the marriage bed? God is jealous for your purity. Waiting, God willing, I don't know God's plan for your life, that one day he will bring that spouse. God is jealous for your purity. Are you zealous to give it to him? Second, God is jealous for our children. Are we as zealous to develop them spiritually? COVID's been a little wild, but have we made church a priority in our family? Do our kids know worship to the Lord comes first? How are family devotions going? How are we developing our children in the word of God? This shows that we're more zealous that they develop spiritually than the next baseball game or gymnastics competition or band or whatever you name it. There is nothing that as a parent you're more zealous for and your kids know it than their spiritual development. This was rooted from the beginning back with the Ten Commandments and the law through Israel. When God said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 and 7, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. God is jealous for the hearts of the next generation. Are we as zealous to develop them spiritually? I'm going to have a church family moment here for a second across all our campuses. Just to be honest, right now we're kind of struggling in children's ministry. Our team is doing a fantastic job reaching out to people to volunteer. But in some of our campuses, right now it's hard to offer children's ministry because we don't have enough volunteers. Now, I get it. For some of you with COVID, you should not physically be working with kids where it's hard to social distance. But if you're able... How much do we truly care about the next generation? How many of you will step up and serve during this time where, where we never want to tell a family, we can't have you, we don't, we don't have enough people to serve right now? Children's at BibleChapel.org, if you're willing to invest with zeal in that next generation. God is jealous for our time. May we be zealous to daily meet with him. Is God's word a priority in your life daily? I should rephrase that. Is God's word the priority in your life daily? How's your prayer life right now? 
I always say, if the Son of God, Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, had so much zeal to spend intimate time with the Father when he did ministry here on the earth, how much more so should we? You often see this in Scripture. Mark 1.35, speaking of Jesus, after a busy day of ministry, he rose very early in the morning. And while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. God is so jealous for your time. He loves you so much. How much one-on-one time are you giving him right now? How's your zeal and that whatever I need to give up, I will because I can't miss my alone time with my jealous God. We could go through a lot more, one more. God is jealous for our talents and our treasures. May we be zealous to serve and give to him. It's the true mindset of the believer that everything I have belongs to the Lord. The breath in my lungs, the gifts and abilities I have, the resources that I have. Now, some might say, hold on, I've worked hard for what I got. I agree. I agree. And praise God for your hard work and your stewardship. I say stewardship because it still all belongs to God. Everything you have is from him. You're just being the good steward that God has called you to be. Psalm chapter 24, verse 1, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. How is your giving right now to the Lord? I actually want to Praise God for your obedience in this area. I'm friends with a lot of different uh, pastors around the country from seminary and other connections. And when I get the share of how, even during COVID, the faithful giving of our church, I know a lot of other churches wish financially they were in the state we are because your obedience. And I know that word wealth can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But one way we display our zeal for the Lord is with open hands saying, God, anything that I count as a treasure is because of you. I will make it a priority to give back to you. And how are you using your gifts? God loves you so much. He's so jealous for you that he has uniquely gifted every believer. And again, COVID makes it tough, but how are you with zeal continuing to serve the Lord during this time? going to hand this off to the campuses right now as we prepare to close. We're going to, with that, that theme of zeal, wrap up with some zeal. But here's my prayer. Here's my prayer. God is jealous for us. He ultimately displayed it through the sacrifice of his son. Are we responding, church, to God's jealousy with a zeal to follow him with everything we got. I would love for the Bible chapel to be known as this church. Not may we, but God is jealous for us. We are zealous for him. Paul would always boast, but he would boast in the Lord that we will be a church to say, come check out what this church is doing. These are people on fire for God. 
They are being zealous in response to all he has done. So I'm going to ask you to stand here in the South Hills and stand with us online if you're willing. We're going to end on a high note. We're going to end on a high note of zealous praise. We're going to sing a new song. So it's a new song. I know sometimes that's hard to catch up with with new words, but the lyrics could not be easier. It's literally the gospel. So with passion, with zeal, we're going to praise our jealous God with these lyrics. Come all you sinners, come find his mercy. Come to the table and he will satisfy you. His goodness, find what you are looking for. For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son that whoever believes in him will live forevermore. Let's praise God with that truth.